Let's talk about the women who built Israel. And this is a wonderful story. I have read it in the last several days so many times. And I have to do that kind of thing sometimes to, to really get what God is saying to me. This story is a good story. It's a story about Naomi and Ruth. It's a story about a woman who is past her fruitful years and a daughter-in-law who is a foreigner, as it were, a foreigner to Israel. And this is a beautiful story about Naomi and Ruth. And, and um, to give you a little background, Naomi lived in, in Bethlehem. She lived in Bethlehem and with her husband Elimelech, and her two sons, Mahlon, M-A-H-L-O-N, Mahlon, and uh, Chilion. I forgot it in the first service, right? And, and almost did the first time, except you helped me. But uh, the C word, right? But she lived with those two boys. They moved to Moab because there was a famine in Israel, in Bethlehem. There was a famine. Uh, crops didn't grow. There was very little food. So they moved away. And this story really is sort of a depiction of our lives, that sometimes bad things happen, negative things happen, and we don't always know what to do, and so we do what is practical, uh, and what is practical doesn't even work out for us. So this is that story. So when, uh, the first thing I want you to, to take away from here, when difficulties befall you, don't give up. You know, how we do, sometimes we blame God, we blame others, we get angry. Why am I, uh, you know, a Christian if this is going to happen? You're a Christian because you don't want to go to hell, really. No, not, not, maybe, maybe not really. But, but you're a Christian because God breathed on your heart, moved on you, and you gave yourself to Jesus. But when difficulties befall you, don't give up. God can bring good out of your pain, out of your loss and sorrow. God can bring it. But you and I must cooperate with God. This is what I want you to understand in this message. Perhaps you're here today and something negative has happened to you in your life, and you keep going back there, keep going back there. Rebuke yourself, rebuke that situation, and stop constantly going back there. It's like that has become your default position. Okay? So we don't, we don't want you to do that. So the Lord, remember this as believers, the Lord is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, or imagine. So whenever you're in your bad place, stop thinking about yourself. You just have to stand on your, as we used to say in the oil business, just stand up on your hind legs. We only have two, but you know. But you know how the four-footed animals stand up. So stand up. And be that man and woman of God. I, I, I love what, what uh, I just saw a tape of, a, it was actually, it wasn't a, it was a tape, but it was one of those, what do you call those little cartridges we used to use, in, little square things? Not a cassette. Not an eight track. It's the one we put in. Vietnam VHS. You know, the things we used to record on, little square thing. It's a, it was a CD-ROM. CD-ROM. Did you say CD? Okay. Okay. A CD-ROM. And, and uh, I saw where Pastor Harold Nichols was dedicating our building. And uh, I, I said, I've got to get that off CD-ROM into something else. And I was looking at that. I don't want us to 
be, I remember uh, he said, he said, I told my, my wife, I told Lou, I said, uh, I married you because I loved you. And, 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 if, and I just tell her, I said, don't you worry about anything. I'm going to take care of you. And he was just talking at it. And she stood up and she said, I tell him. She said, he starts where I grab him by his cheeks and I slap him. She, <laughs> I say, act like the man of God you are, you know. <laughs> She was having fun with us. And so I think that sometimes, guys, we just have to act like the, the man or woman of God. You know, we need somebody to jolt us. Act like the man of God you are. Act like the woman of God you are. Right? I remember that. I laughed when I saw that CD bomb this morning. So the Lord is able to do for you. You know, so just you have to comport yourself as a man of God or a woman of God. Your father God who sees your pain. He sees what you are going through in your private time, in secret. He promises to reward you openly. He promises to reward you openly. So I, I want us to take courage. Everything is going to be all right. Everything. Not some things, not most things. Everything is going to be all right. And in this story, we see that. And and then this Mother's Day, you know, I, I, I always celebrated moms because we had a good mother. I got it right. We had a good mother and who just inculcated into us values. The things that I am, are today, I am because of my mom. I'm, I am because of my dad, of course. But it's not Father's Day, so dad, I'm sorry. All right? Because, because of what was given to me. So as a parent, let us parent. Let's be good parents. Don't let children make up their own mind. You help them make up their own minds. If you inculcate into them the values that they should have, later on you can trust them to make up their mind because they will now have the mind of Christ. All right. In this story, um, as I said, they had gone to Ruth, uh, Ruth Naomi, and Elimelech and Chilion and Malon had gone into Moab because there was food in Moab, Moab, not Moab. And uh, the, the, the dad, Elimelech, got there and died. They were there about 10 years. Uh, they, he died in that period. And uh, the oldest son died and the second son died. So Naomi feels like God is against her. You and I feel like that. When somebody in our life uh, leaves us, rather than thanking God for the time we had, thanking God for the beautiful memories, we start feeling all bad and sad and why, why, why me. That is not what God wants. You want to celebrate the life and celebrate the goodness of God. You and I receive good things and bad things, but we, we, we receive, I think, sometimes bad things to show us that bad things can't stop God's goodness. They just can't do it. You know, we rejoice in the Lord always, and again, we should rejoice. So, so the Bible says that then she rose with her daughters-in-law. That is uh, Naomi. She, she was just, she suffered a lot. We're not saying that she didn't suffer, but she had suffered a lot. And so she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return to the country, uh, from the country of Moab to Bethlehem because there was food in Bethlehem, Bethlehem being the house of bread. There was food there, so she says, well, I can go back home now. Um, for she had heard, of course, that the Lord had visited his people uh, by giving them bread. Verse 7 says, therefore she went out. For that reason, she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. They were going with her. Now, notice here, she had suffered a great loss. Her daughters-in-law also had suffered loss. So they were going with their mother-in-law. So, so 
Therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. They went on the way to return to the land of Judah. They went to return to the land of Judah. Now listen, they were going with their mother-in-law. They loved their mother-in-law. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go, return to, uh, said to each of, to return to her mother's house, to each of the daughter, daughters. The Lord deal kindly with you, she said, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. So Naomi admitted that she had good daughters-in-law, uh, daughter-in-laws, and they had dealt kindly. They were good wives, and also they were good daughters-in-law. And so she said, you have dealt kindly. Go back home. The Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she said, I, you're young women, and you can get married again, and you can find rest. You can have a good life with a good husband. But it wasn't so perfectly because she was sending them back to paganism. Sometimes when we think we're doing the right thing, if, if God is not center, the word of God is not on our lips, it's not the right thing. Naomi is a central figure in the Bible, and she's not here for us to, as it were, put down or, or desecrate her name. We're not here to speak negatively of her, but we are here to say, if you are, have been in that place, you too can find the hope that Naomi had. That's what we're saying, you know, because there's somebody in this house who, could, who probably wakes up a lot of times with a bad attitude. It, it's got to happen. Sometimes we wake up with our minds on ourselves. Sometimes we wake up uh, with thinking, thinking. All right? And so this is a good story for you. So she says, go back. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices, and they wept. They cried. And they said to her, surely we will return with you to your people. Both of them said it. Both, both of them said it. <clears throat> uh, Ruth said it, and Orpah said it. Orpah, not Oprah. Orpah said it, right? And, and, uh, but Naomi, look at verse 11. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why is she continuing? I know why in the natural. She, she feels like I have nothing to offer you. But she was sending them to nothing. The little that a righteous man has, or a righteous woman in this case, is better than the, uh, the riches of many wicked. So the little bit that the righteous has is much better. But Naomi is now, she's so devastated. Uh, her husband's gone. Her two sons are gone. And uh, she doesn't have anything. She's too old now, she says, to have children. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb? Looking at things naturally. You and I are to look at things spiritually. That they may be your husbands. Turn back, my daughters. Wait a minute. Is she saying that again? Yes. Turn back, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they are grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. She's really trying to get them to go back to what God had delivered them both from. And sometimes in our sorrow and our self-pity, I'm not saying that you don't hurt, but I'm saying that God is there to lift you above sorrow. God is there to lift you above pain. I, I've not experienced the kind of pain that some of you have experienced. But I can tell you I was, 
I, I grew up, we grew up in a really wonderful family home. It was a lot of, lot of love in our house we grew up. And my dad was a loving man, big-handed, heavy-handed, loving man. He would try to pat you on the back and almost say, hey, dad, man. My mom said, oh, your dad is heavy-handed. You know, because he was, he did a lot of hard work in his life. And, you know, he, he would hit you on the leg to say, boy, wasn't that funny. And you said, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, you know, so, so, but, but I, so I, I, I've experienced some pain. When he, when he passed away, when he died, it, it was the most pain I'd ever had. The strongest man in my life was dead. And I knew of death and I, I thought, this is weird and crazy, but I'm, I'm just a normal human being. I said, I'm going to die too. <laughs> but it was so stark. If, God, if the death took the strongest man in my life, it had taken a lot of strong men, but it had never taken the strongest one in my life. Yeah. And when it did, I said, I, I got an appointment with this thing called death. And, but when my mom died, whew, I probably should have tried to give that as an example here. You forgive me for a moment. I was shattered. My heart in a thousand pieces. I understand that. I understand pain. I can understand, but I never tried to get anyone to stop following me. By the grace of God. So this woman, Naomi, is just in, in dire straits. If you've been in dire straits... Just say, Lord, take me out of these dire straits. Lift me above my sorrow. Lift me above my pain. Lift me above all the bad decisions that I've made that still haunt me. And God will do it. God will do it. And, 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 and then Naomi, see, Naomi had persisted. But now she went to pers persisting to the tenth power. Goes on and on and on until, until... They lifted up their voices and wept again. And Oprah kissed her mother-in-law, walked away, walked away, walked away. She finally convinced her. But Ruth, but Ruth, I, we need to be like Ruth, but Ruth clung to her, clung to her. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Orpah wanted to go. But Ruth said, she was dissuaded, but Ruth said, mm-mm. Then Naomi goes again. She, she's so depressed, she's so down. She looked at, she said to Ruth, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people. Listen, this is for, for a woman who worshiped Yahweh and to her gods. Que lastima. What a pity. Que vergüenza. Your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said. But Ruth said. This is the kind of Christianity we need. But Ruth said. Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. 
And I'm sure that was a salient moment for Naomi. It was a salient moment for Naomi. When we find those that we have followed, those we have loved, and we find them in this bad place, we're not to agree with them. We're not to always to give them what they want. We need to give them what they need. When she saw, when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. When she realized she's determined to go, she has made up her mind. She's not going to turn back. She's going with you, Naomi, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, she's going to with you. She's going to serve you. So Naomi, that was the only thing that stopped Naomi. And I think that we need that persistence in our lives, in our walk with Jesus. We need that kind of determination. Let's have that kind of determination. When we could say, I'm going all the way with the Lord. Doesn't matter who goes with me. I'm going all the way with the Lord. Amen. Remember, John had that. And it's not about the guys today, but John had that view. That view. Remember, John, even when Jesus spent a day talking to Peter, restoring Peter after his horrible debacle, denying the Lord, it, John, Jesus went to Galilee at the lake there at Tiberias talking to, to Peter. And uh, I love John's spirit, and this is what we want to do. But th- in this case, it's Ruth, all right? Maybe we can have a Ruth spirit. But John had that same Ruth spirit. And, and, and Jesus is talking to Peter, you know, talking to old Simon Peter. And Peter looks back. And old John's following. He said, what is this man going to do? He said, it's not your business. You follow me. You know, be like, be like John. Be like John. Be like Ruth and continue your walk with the Lord regardless. It says, the Bible says, Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem, and it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. Isn't it amazing? And the women said, is this Naomi? They were so glad to see her again. And Naomi means pleasant. But she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Still feeling sorry for herself. Because she's believing a lie. She said, call me Mara, that is bitter, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. So she interpreted everything that happened to her as having come from God or, ha- or having been allowed by God. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? See, this is what depression can get you. This is what grief can get you. This is what sadness can get you. This is what self-pity can get you. It can get you what? A, a distorted life. You now are distorting the truth of God because of your feelings. She has distorted everything. She said to everybody, I went out full. No, she didn't. It was a famine. She had a husband. She had two sons, but there was a famine. They were running for bread. They were going for some food. They were going for a better life. She didn't go out so full. And the Lord had brought me home again. If you know, he didn't. He brought her home with a daughter-in-law who was wonderful. This is what this stuff will do for you. And, and then she said, and so she says, and then she tells another thing that's not true. I don't want to say she's lying, but she sure is, is misrepresenting something. She says, the Lord had testified against her. She said, God had testified against her. Now, this is, this is so ridiculous because she's saying, Naomi's saying that 
the God of heaven, Yahweh, the God she served, the God of Israel, the one that she had a covenant with, that she had promises from, that he got on the stand while he's the judge and testified against her. And that's how we can feel when we have difficulties in our life. But, but we ought to trouble our trouble. And so she said he had tested her. The uh, Almighty had afflicted her. He did not afflict her. All those things come from the evil one. Psalm 92 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Now, now her great-grandson, David, is, is going to write this many years later. He wrote this. He says, they shall be fresh and flourishing. So, you know, maybe he got that from his grandma. Maybe, maybe he said, ah, you know, my grandmother was, was, had a bad outlook on life, but God blessed her. She was old, she was old and, but she was planted in the house of God, the house of bread. She was planted there, and she flourished in the course of our God. She bore fruit in old age. What? There were good things that came out of Naomi's life in old age. Maybe she had Boaz in mind, the grandfather. But however, however, it's a wonderful picture, whether it was one or the other. Let me tell you a, few, a, a story, and I'll tell this somewhat uh, quickly. Maybe I'll read some of it. When, um, then when Naomi and Ruth got to uh, Bethlehem, uh, they, they had a, a cousin named Boaz, Naomi's husband's cousin, Boaz, was uh, very wealthy. He was an older man. Looks, it seems as though he had never been married, that he was like an old bachelor, rich bachelor, you know, probably had a nice watch. You know, <laughs> you know a little gray hair, you know, kind of, kind of attractive. But, but, uh, but God had this man waiting. This man was not married, hadn't found any of the young women that he wanted, you know, to be his wife. Um, then he was waiting on the right woman. And, and now Naomi, in her sadness, is trying to send the right woman back to Moab. And this man's been waiting on the right woman. So in this story, uh, Naomi tells Ruth about this cousin of theirs, and he's a rich farmer. He's very wealthy uh, because he is what we call a goel in, in the book, a kinsman redeemer. He's, he has, to be a kinsman redeemer, you have to be wealthy enough to redeem. You have to be also willing to redeem. And you have to be related uh, to, the, to the person you're redeeming. So then, and that's why Jesus became our kinsman redeemer. He's wealthy enough to save us. You know, he's willing to save us. And he had to be related. That's why he took on human humanity. Uh, that's the picture of this. Yeah. And so in this story, in this story, Naomi starts to school her. Now, you, you need to go glean, and, and uh, this man is a relative. And, so when, uh, she had, and she, she did. She went to glean, that is, to take up the droppings, the things that, that fell after the, uh, the harvesters went through the field. And so Boaz had seen her, and he, he liked the way she conducted herself. And I like to see to all young women, don't pattern your lives after the world. Don't do it. You just mess up your life. Patterning them after the world. Want to be cute and cool, you know? Don't do it. Just don't blow it. Don't blow it. God may have this beautiful Boaz for you, you know? Maybe not exactly your, your picture of who you wanted, but he's, he's good looking. He's, he's, he's rich. He's a little older maybe, but he's got something for you, you know? And maybe that's the way it is. Uh, yeah, he's not, he's not 
telling you, you got to go to work, girl. <laughs> you, know, you know, he's saying, you can do whatever you want to, babe. Yeah. And that's, the, that was, that's what God had for, for her. But let me tell you this story. Boaz liked the way she was comporting herself. And young women, really, seriously, comport yourself well. I mean, don't be impressed because some boy says you're cute. I tell all the young women in this church how pretty they are. And I've told them that since they were little kids. I told them how beautiful they are. Says, when some boy tells you you're cute, don't be impressed. You tell them your, your pastor told you that since you were a little child. Yeah, you tell them that. Amen. Amen. So in this story, in this story, Naomi tells, Naomi tells her, uh, tells her, how to, co to continue to comport herself. And uh, Boaz then saw, saw her and approached her and said, basically, I like the way you're carrying yourself. And uh, I've told these young men, like, don't be harsh with you. Don't mistreat you. Uh, like, like, don't strike you. Don't do any of that. And so uh, I just, I like the way you carry yourself, young, young lady, something to that effect. And so then uh, also uh, he, he warns the, the young man not to act crazy with her. Well, Ruth... It, and then he says to the young man, I want you to let her glean, and, 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 and I'm using my East Texas vernacular, every once in a while, just drops a lot of grain for on purpose. He said, I want you to leave handfuls for on purpose. You know, and this is what God is doing for, for you ladies and those of you who are younger and even older. God, though you may not be able to see, is leaving handfuls for you on purpose on purpose. And so in, in this story, let me, let me hurry to, to my close. And so this girl goes back, Ruth goes back, and she sees, she takes her, her daily portion that she has gleaned, gleaned. That means you just get what's accidentally dropped, but what is gleaned. And she took it, and she took it to Naomi, and she said, look, look at what I gleaned. Look at what I gleaned. And, and it's, it's about 30 pounds of, let's say, a flower, the best Pillsbury flower, you know. It, it's, it, it's, it's about 30 pounds. And so Naomi said, honey, you can't glean that much in a day. That man's eyes are on you. Now, this is what you do. Yeah. Snap Naomi out of all that depression. You go to the threshing floor tonight, he's threshing. And this is what you do. He is your kinsman, and he can redeem you. Now, you go there, and you dress up. You disguise yourself. You don't want him to see you now. And, and so when he, when he goes to sleep, he eats, and he, and he has a, a little wine. That's not for wine bibbers, okay? Okay, no, no. I, pastor said it. No. He, and he's had the, the grain, and he's eaten, and he feels really good. He's merry, and he go, falls off to sleep. I want you to go and uncover his feet and get it at his feet. I want you to be under that feet. And so Boaz, about midnight, he woke up, huh? What are you doing here? And it, you know, he's a virtuous man. He's a good man. He says, what are you doing here? Yeah, I can see. I'm, I'm making up the breathing, right? <laughs> that, that's not in the scriptural text. I'm just guessing. And so, <laughs> I got an elder say, watch it. <laughs> so, so what happens, he starts to talk to her because he knows that means that she is saying, if you want to redeem me, if you want to redeem our property, if you want me as your wife, I'm willing. 
because I've, you, he had seen how she con, he comported herself, but she had seen how he comported himself. And boy, and so this story goes on, and, and I'm rap, coming to a close. But what he did was he, uh, he went into the city gate where all the business was conducted, and he, he, he said, I want to redeem her. I want her to be my wife. I, I want to give her all that I have. This is amazing. I want to give her all that I have. Uh, I love the way she comports herself, but there's somebody closer. And so he's got to figure out how to get rid of that guy who's closer. And so he goes in the gate. He talks it, and so the, the, the next of kin comes in. He says, hey, um, there, Naomi's back, and Elimelech's property's there, and, and uh, you, 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 uh, we, we want to know whether or not you want to redeem it. Yeah, I'll redeem it. I'll redeem it. So he wants to, he's, he's wealthy as well. But I want to redeem it if he's married. I want, I want to redeem it. He said, but you got to marry the Moabitess. Ooh, that might mess up my own inheritance. I've got other things. I'm, no, I can't do it. You, you do it. And Boaz has, has, has been wise. And so Boaz now says, wow. He says, and so he goes on. He says, okay, pull your sandal off because he's got 10 witnesses, 10 witnesses there in the gate. So, so the other man pulls his sandal off. And what he's saying is basically, you don't have the right to walk on this property. You know, so he gives, it, it gives Boaz that, and Boaz goes back. He's really excited. So now let me say, let me say, let me read verse, uh, let me see where I am at. Ruth chapter 4, the last part of the, okay. Let's look at verse 11. He says, and all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. The Lord make the woman, now listen to this, who is coming to your house, like Rachel and Leah. This is, this is like a pronouncement that God is giving when Naomi was all down, depressed, didn't know what to do, speaking like a non-Jewish person. Like sometimes we get, we speak like a non-Christian. This is what Naomi had been doing. Now listen to what these people at the gate said, these witnesses. It was, I'm telling you, it had to be by the Holy Spirit. Rachel and Leah were the wives of Jacob. Jacob's dad, Isaac, had one wife, had two sons, uh, 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 Jacob and Esau. Who late, Jacob later became Israel. Israel, And, he, and so th what these people are saying, the Lord make the, the, the woman who is coming to your house, she's a Gentile. The Lord make the woman who's coming to your house like Rachel, like Leah, the two who built the house of Israel. And may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez, 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 Perez. All right, right. So Perez, right? So make, let me show you this. This is amazing. So they are comparing this girl. This has to be by the Spirit of God to those who gave Jacob those 12 sons. Because they came through this. May this woman be like those women who gave Jacob these 12 sons, the patriarch, the patriarchs. Now listen. And like the house of Pettis, uh, uh, I like to say Pettis, it's a little difficult for me at times, who, whom Tamar bore to Judah. And so they, they, by the Spirit of God, they're comparing Ruth to Tamar. Because Tamar was also a Gentile. And they're saying, and, and but 
God used this Gentile, this unsuspecting person to build his house. This is mind, well, expanding. <laughs> and so he says, be like Tamar, who bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. Listen, Rachel, Leah, Tamar. Now, Rachel, Leah, Tamar, Bathsheba was, is in that, and Mary, the mother of our Lord. These are women that God used to bring, to bring uh, Israel to where it is and what was and is today. So this was prophetic. This is what came out of seemingly desp seeming despair, uh, hopelessness, and no ability of God to do anything. Doesn't matter, ladies. God is able. And this is what God wants you to know. Now, give the Lord a good, worthy hand clap. So, in verse 13, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap it up now. Because this is what the witnesses said. And you and I are witnesses. The Holy Spirit should be able to move in our lives to encourage people who are down. But people who are down, sometimes it's hard to encourage them. You have to keep on loving, keep on encouraging. But people who are down, cooperate, cooperate, cooperate. So verse 13, Ruth 4.13, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. She had been barren for 10 years. She was married to this young man for almost about 10 years. No child. Ruth wasn't complaining. But no child. Listen, Boaz took Ruth. She became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception. And she bore a son. She bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative. Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you without a redeemer. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you. Not the one you kept trying to get to leave you. They didn't mention it. Sometimes it's better not to mention those things anymore. But your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, a perfect number, seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also, the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there's a son born to Naomi. Oh, I thought it was Ruth. Yeah, but to Naomi. God gifted Naomi. Yes, through Ruth, he gifted Naomi. And they called his name Obed. Now listen, who is this man? He is the father of Jesse. The father of David. <sighs> then they go on. The writer wants you to understand something further. And I don't have time to really elaborate much. But he says in verse 18, now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez from Tamar, the Gentile girl. Thank you, Jesus. Begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Amenadab. Amenadab begot Nashon. Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz. Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David the king. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. As it was in the lives of Naomi and Ruth, perhaps some of these things have been in the life of ordinary people. But in our ordinary life, these things that people are doing every day may seem meaningless, whatever they may be. It could be that somebody feels like I'm just a homemaker. And maybe somebody feels like life has passed them by. But as we see what happened in Naomi's life, her bitterness was turned to blessings. And she said she was empty, it was turned to fullness. We thank you, Jesus. And we declare that it will be with those who are in this audience today. We ask you, Lord God, not that they would not look down on the place where God has them, but they would look up to a God who loves them and whose invisible hand is always working things out. May everybody in this audience know today that God is working all things out for them. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.